Randy Taylor talking some USC recruiting. And now, Randy, an, an interesting situation right now with the USC Trojans uh, regarding the tight end position. Uh, right. Daniel Imator Bebe is out for the foreseeable future. Who knows when he returns? And then a player, Kerry uh, Angeline, a redshirt freshman with a lot of promise, uh, left the program over the weekend, wanted to be closer to his home in Pennsylvania. And so all of a sudden now you may have a little bit of a numbers crunch moving forward and some decisions to make on how you react. You went out last weekend and uh, or last week and, and saw a player out of Colony High School that could be one of the kids who ends up being an option uh, for SC, and that is uh, Michael Ezeike, if I got that one right. Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, what you saw. Well, I trust you on the pronunciation, so I'm I'm not going to uh, change that. But the, uh, the the young guy is a tall, athletic kind of a lanky guy. I, I think his best positions are going to be near the line of scrimmage and, and being a tight end. Uh, and and even I, I've always kind of thought he might be a heck of a defensive man and a rush guy. But um, he's a guy that if he continues, if he can put on the weight and and embrace the, the in-the-trenches mentality, could be a guy. And, and – he hasn't been a guy that has been put on as an inline tight end uh, or has shown any uh, – not that he, he can't, just hasn't been in positions to be a really physical, dominant type of a guy. So that remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, I think the guys they have on campus you, – you had mentioned uh, Croman Hulk and, and Follow, and, it, and I don't know if I pronounced Croman Hulk correct, but – uh, I'm going with it. That he to me uh, is a, a great, potentially great inline tight end uh, that has the ability to, to to move the change and do those things that you'd want with a tight end. So I could see him being the look because he's a more physical guy. He's he's got a lot of that. I loved him coming out of high school. Uh, thought he was probably the most complete inline tight end that I'd seen. Uh, the follow kid is a talented, athletic guy that uh, just, you know, he's a versatile kid. He's long, you know, he's just, I think he could play defensive end. He's just a skilled athlete uh, and is getting bigger. You know, he's probably about 235 now, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's yeah. he he could help. He's a little bit more of a, not that Cromanhook is not skilled, but follow is a little more athletic, I think, and longer and and could be more pass catching option. Yeah, yes, I, I, I yeah. certainly agree with that. Let yeah. me ask you: You made the point on Iza Ike, um in terms of he hasn't been asked to do that yet. And let's make sure it's a lot of projection going on. This is a tall kid. Uh, yes. I'm going to say six five, and if you tell me he's even pushing ahead of that, I'll believe it. But weight wise, he oh two twenty? Would you say two fifteen? Well, he's, yeah, he's he's a lean guy. You know, he's not a, a, a packed up type of a kid. He's not. He's not what you know. Follow was leaner in high school, but still more packed up than, than Michael, uh, and, and nothing like Cromenhope. But right. I think he—it just remains to be seen. He, you know, he's—he's he's athletic. He's a great-looking kid. Uh, could be the answer. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned another guy. You know, Cameron McDonald, who is a very skilled, big receiver. Uh, again, has not been that that inline tight end guy. Uh, more of a hybrid H-back, could play wide receiver and tight end. And and those two guys are a little bit closer. McDonald's a much better ball catcher, I think, than, than uh, Ezekiel is. 
but they they both will have an opportunity and and uh are talented guys. So I you know I I don't think he ever turned down like I said last week length and athleticism and, and those kind of things. So uh if they get them both they can uh you know figure it out uh, down the road. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because assuming Immature Bebe comes back and you know then you've got Petit and you've got uh, the the two freshmen right now. And that's four guy. That's four tight ends, and then you would have uh, McDonald coming in. So I do think it's a possibility that you look to take two this year. Especially these these coaches have shown that, that they want to run a multiple tight end sets. That's something they want to do. And so with the departure of Angeline, I think it's uh, I think it all of a sudden becomes something more in the mix than maybe it was even last week, uh, but before the young man left. No question. So, and it's not like you're taking a defensive tackle or an offensive lineman who are kind of restricted to that inside play or a fullback, you know, the, you know, depending on the fullback, these guys can play other positions and are just big athletes. They'll help you on special teams. They'll be guys that, that are big body, long guys that, uh, that are really good players. So you can't go wrong taking a bunch of those guys. So I agree with that. Anybody, uh, anybody else catch your eye last week? Yeah. You know, um, I, I went out and I saw La Habra, uh, and, and, you know, they played Colony. Uh, mm-hmm. Colony's got a bunch of sophomores, uh, that are going to be pretty good. I don't know if they're, they're not, uh, Ezekiel's yet, but, uh, uh, Habra has a couple of, or three 2020 players, I think, who are offer guys or close to it. Clark Phillips is a, a corner that I like there. He's a, a sophomore. Uh, Jacoba Fuamatu is a linebacker who is is a special player, 2020 player, and then they've got a big lineman, uh, Andrew Ule Faatolia, if I said that correctly, who's an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, who uh, is another sophomore that's a, a good player uh, to watch. One thing I would like to give honorable mention to a kid who probably, unless he walk on, is a, is a kid named Josh. Kichuru, who's a senior at La Habra, mm-hmm. he is, in, in all senses, the true headhunter. Not that you want guys to be that, but he is fun to watch because he is an instinctive kid and just knocks everybody out. And uh, uh, just a fun guy to watch. He's all over the field. But uh, it's, it's still Carter, a contact sport. Yeah. <laughs> it is a contact sport, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so Carter High School, they've got kind of a sleeper D-tackle long arm kids playing D, you know, he's a 6'2", 300-pounder guy. Uh, Colony has a big defensive tackle that's that's kind of got some Mountain West uh, interest. So those were kind of my my uh, my stops uh, this past weekend. Okay, yeah, I, I went and saw that uh, little bit of Mission Viejo uh, Santa Margarita game. And yeah. I'll tell you, boy, you, you just can't go wrong with the Trinity League this year. No. Uh, no. Anyone you line up, because really Santa Margarita, not a lot of publicity, but boy, that was a nice, tough, physical football game. That was really good high school football, Randy. Yeah, they they are. It's a, you're right. There's not a lot of names on that that group uh, like Mission, but they uh, compete and they're good athletes, and they just you know it's just kind of what they they do traditionally. There's no there's no uh, Carson Palmers, but there's there's really good football players. No, and then there's a different. Uh, they, they, they got a dual threat guy now at quarterback, and boy, he broke yeah. off a long run. Uh, and then, that, like I said, that was just good football. I, I like over at Mission. I, I obviously like the Elijah Griffin kid. I'm still uh, still 
still hoping that there's a chance SC can flip in the end. It doesn't sound like it at this point. He sure sounds like he's set with the Bruins. But I'll tell you, that the guy who stood out to me, Randy, was the linebacker, Christian Laval, I believe. Um, yeah, they they get those kind of kids. I mean, they had one a year ago that, that I forget where he ended up going and, you know, me with names. But uh, this is just a really good football player. And he's, you know, he's not a big guy, but he just makes plays. He's instinctive and tough and and uh, they, they, I know that uh, Coach Johnson and those guys love him uh, uh, as well. And I think he, I think he's going to come into Arizona State. I want to say Arizona State, yeah, yeah. yeah. He reminded and me so a lot. He, he reminded me as if he was a cousin of the Moline brothers. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if he'll get that thick. Maybe he will, but but yeah, good, that's who he good, reminded tough, me of as a player. Yeah, yeah, tough physical guys. Yeah, I, that's not a bad call. Yeah. Okay, who's uh, who's on the agenda for this week? So so this week I'm going out to see uh, Ayala at Roosevelt, and Roosevelt's loaded with, with uh, Jalen Johnson and Chase Williams are their uh, seniors. They've got a kind of a late developing offensive lineman, uh, Coke, who's a kind of a really high academic guy that uh, is – probably in the Northwestern Stanford. I haven't really seen who he's looking at, but he would be kind of one of those high academic guys. Then they've got a really good, a bunch of 2019 and 2020 kids, but the guy that stands out is the Braden Huffman Dixon kid, who's really talented uh, athlete mm-hmm. wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. I always got uh, some guys to look at. Uh, then I'm going to go see uh, Rancho Verde versus King out in Riverside at Rancho Verde got one of those transfers from uh, Centennial. Manny Allen uh-huh. is a really talented wide receiver. Uh, well, Manny was committed to at one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a talented kid. Didn't get into Corona or something, and then had to bounce back to Rancho Verde. Um, I got another uh, kid named Jackson Turner, who's a 2019 kid that I'll I'll be interested in seeing. So that that's kind of my. Uh, this week so far, uh, probably hit some games Thursday, but uh, they don't usually have as many of the talented kids on the Thursday night games. But there's a couple. I know. Uh, I know Calabasas is playing this Thursday night, and so is yeah. Sarah. Sarah yeah. Shamanot, good football game. Yeah, it is a good football game. Yeah, there, there are always good games. Uh, it's just the teams that traditionally play on the Thursdays, unless it's some kind of a special game. Uh, are, are the ones that I like to go to because, you know, I, I went and saw Santa Ana and Santa Ana Valley mm-hmm. play in Santa Ana and saw two uh, Division One type players. And, and okay. you know, maybe not Pac-12 guys, but maybe Mountain West. And, and one of them is a 2019 lineman, uh, Larva, who uh, m- might be a Pac-12 guy. You know, he's just a, a junior. And then a kid named Malcolm Wesley at uh, Santa Ana Valley who uh, is a nice, skilled athlete that will play and be a scholarship guy. At, and uh, maybe a Mountain West, maybe, uh, you know, maybe FCS. But uh, good players. So you find those guys, and that's kind of my job. That's, that's part of the job you like. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you know, one, one position I'd like to talk about a little bit, Randy, right now is uh, is the safety spot for USC in recruiting. Right. Um, it, it was a uh, boy. Marvell Tell had a had a very nice day uh, against Cal. Uh, you know, twelve tackles. Um, mm-hmm. 
and, and so right now you start to look and say, okay, where's the safety p- uh, position going? A couple good freshmen in there with Bolden and uh, Isaiah Polamal, who's sitting right now. But I'm going to throw out some names who are at the top of my list right now. Okay. Uh, and then you tell me what you think of these guys, and if there's anybody else you would throw in. But I, I kind of see three guys at, at the top of the heap, and that's okay. uh, uh, Shari Crosswell over at Pauly, yeah. Brian Addison at Sarah, yeah. And then the guy that I love is Tala Noah Hufanga up from uh, Crescent Valley in Corvallis, Oregon. And then I know you and I had talked at one point, and there's the train of thought that Michael Salahuddin from Washington, D.C., while he's known as a running back, don't rule out the thought that he could possibly be a safety at the college level. You know, the thing about him, as you watch him, he's uh, he's got some length to him uh, and feet, and, and he, he's a tough physical kid. The uh, – uh, he he is a good running back, uh, but I think some of those tools that he uses as a running back, the, the sticking his foot in the ground and the burst and some of those things, uh, is really gonna could benefit him at the safety position and maybe even a, a nickel corner, you know, something like that. Uh, I think he's got a chance. He also could be a heck of a return guy. So I'm I'm with you on uh, on him uh, being a versatile guy. He's just a good football player. You know, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, Hufanga, I, I really like out of Crescent Valley, Corvallis. Uh, you know, another guy considered an athlete, but to me, he projects his safety. He's an instinctive guy and, and another really good football player. You know, when I say that, you know, I think coaches say that about guys, that's who you want, really good mm-hmm. football players, and because they just have that instincts and awareness and, and and all those things, and he's about a six foot one ninety five pound uh, kid. I'll tell you who I see who I see in him. I, I, I see a lot of Sua Cravens in his game. And that could be, yeah, yeah. And Sua was a talented, athletic kid, and and uh, did a lot of good things, special teams, and and uh, on the field. So I, that's not a bad comparison uh, to him. And if he lives up to that, that's pretty good. And, you know, get him out of Corvallis if the if the Beavers will. <laughs> um, you mentioned a couple other kids, uh, uh, Brian Addison. It's funny because uh, I moved out here about a year and a half ago. He was the first player I added to our database, Brian Addison, okay. and when he was a freshman. And since then, I thought he was a guy that could play on Sunday. You know, and he's even being a wide receiver now. So, you know, Sarah has him on, on both sides of the ball sometimes. But he's just a big, long athlete. You know that it, it's just there's it's hard to be his size and have his athleticism and be able to play on the back end. You know those guys turn into defensive ends sometimes at his size. But uh, I just really love him as a as a player, and so uh, he if he goes to USC will be a great addition, and they can do a lot of different things with him. Crosswell is just a really skilled. I remember seeing him too as a freshman, and he was a heck of a corner uh, when he was at Hawkins, and and just a skilled cover guy with range. Not not quite as big, you know. He's 185, maybe 190 pounder. Uh, another guy that could that could be in coverage, in you know, nickel coverage or or free safety type guys, and but you know, but he'll also compete and and, and be tough and physical those things, but. Uh, those are so the guys that we've talked about. You get them, you take them all again. Uh, safeties are, you know, it, it, they can play corner, they can play linebacker, they can do a lot of different things. And these guys kind of all fit that where they have uh, multiple skills. 
I think Kirk Crosswell is one of those guys when when you go out there he you know, he he's not overly big he's not like Addison you know there's there's nothing really about him that jumps out to you until you start until you start watching him play football. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you no say, question. Okay, this guy's always around the ball. <laughs> yeah, and he's just got feet and quickness and and athleticism. He he has all of those uh, tools uh, to be a good player, and he'll get bigger, stronger, faster when he gets to the next you know the next level, and so. Uh, just a guy like that that you take, and and uh, he could play in, in maybe two or three uh, you know, different spots in the uh, or all of the back end positions. You know, that sounds good. That's some good guys in the mix for that one. Well, let's no uh, let, let, let's get to the Randy Taylor thought of the week. Uh, let's go. Is, you yeah. Topic. Yeah, I, I went for exposure. Okay. And, and I, I, I think one of the things I was thinking about this, and I'll probably tweet this, uh, myself, you know, exposure is only good for players with talent. And so all of these players want exposure and they want this and that and, and, and talent and grades because you have to have the grades. But I think most prospects just get exposed. And what, what happens a lot is, uh, the folks that don't pay much attention to reality and, and the like to just help kids or, or whatever their motive is, and some of it is financial. Uh, they're just promising exposure uh, and have some bias or agenda, and it doesn't benefit the kid because they're now getting sent to coaches where they can't play. And that's kind of my thing is, is the all these guys – that, that want to play college need to be evaluated by somebody that's kind of a non-biased scout. And, and uh, you know, I don't get paid by families. I get paid by colleges. So a guy like me or anybody in national preps, uh, guys who have that role of uh, objective evaluators, it wouldn't hurt to, to be evaluated by those guys and get your information to those kind of guys who are getting it to college coaches. High school coaches uh, are are love their kids, you know, and, and you know the the height and weight are usually not correct. The, they over evaluate them because they love them and they do great things for their team. So I think the word exposure is overused, and uh, I think sometimes our heart overrides reality. So that that's my my key to recruiting is is get evaluated by somebody that's going to be non biased. And, and doesn't have an agenda, and, and, and you know we talked about you know don't pay to get recruited, and that's that's kind of part of this too. Boy, and everything that you're saying with, with social media these days, that's uh, it's easy sometimes to think that that is an answer for a recruit. If, if I if yeah. I get my my tweets out there and get that stuff out there, but you're right, is it getting to a coach or a school that fits your talent set? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and most aren't Division One scholarship guys. And, and he's still getting example. I, 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 even though it is at a, at a Division One guy, uh, I think what's happening with David Sills at West Virginia to me is one of the best stories in college football this year. You know, yeah, no question. Yeah, kept yeah, on trying to be a quarterback. It wasn't working. Yeah. Went to El Camino and finally said, you know what? I'll just go be a receiver. And he's doing quite well this year. Yeah, he sure is. And, and it also it also says that those guys offering seventh graders may not have it all figured out yet. And, and, and you know what? And that's a good point because you know I always look at that. David didn't ask for that. That was something that right. was put upon him by Lane Kiffin. And so, yeah. 
David navigated that. It wasn't always easy, and uh, he, he came out at least this year for him. Good, good, good for you, young man. I always enjoyed him, yeah. uh, even though interviewing a 13-year-old was a little bit different uh, at the time. Not yeah. something you do too often, but uh, good for you, David Sills. Yeah, the, okay. and, and and don't don't forget the the other guy that kind of pushed him on colleges too. So that that's the other part of it. There's always somebody in there. Sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a third party that uh, sure. Uh, it's just as a as an agenda. I hear you. I hear you. Well, appreciate the time as always, Randy. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you next week. You got it, brother.